This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up whatever's on your mind via the toll-free number at 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features on the site are free, so enjoy those on us again, freetalklive.com. Coming up tonight, the latest on the national slavery or national service as they're calling it, will give you an update on the uh, the latest with Target and some of the other organizations that are behind this push to enslave all Americans. Uh, and uh, you did get a call back from Target today, Mark. We'll talk more about that. And But before we get to that, though, I want to talk about a story we mentioned last night and didn't get to from WCCO.com in Minneapolis. On Monday, Minneapolis Police Chief Tim Dolan handed out honors to a team of officers involved in a botched raid at an innocent family's home. More than seven months ago. Now, I'd like to point out before we go on with the, the, the story here that this is not an uncommon occurrence. There have been several instances in the past of police clearly abusing people and then getting awards for their abuse of people after the fact. They don't actually, you know, have an abuse award, but they're given an award for some non, you know, some nonsensical bureaucratic thing uh, after they've been found just. Guilty of being awful. Not, not, guil- not necessarily guilty. Um, you know, use, I think that this is a tactic to avoid, um, you know, to, you know, that, that way, if, if it ever comes down to it and a jury's convened in order to hold them, uh, accountable, look, these are, these, th- these officers have gotten awards for mm. this. Yeah, they've been on the force for 17 years. They're great guys, great guys. Well, here's what happened. Here's the story. The family is upset and their attorney criticizes the awards and questions the timing just days before Christmas. The sound of intruders breaking into their home in North Minneapolis prompted Vang Kang to grab his shotgun to protect his six children. His terrified wife called 911. Kang fired several shots at the intruders who turned out to be members of the Minneapolis Police Department's SWAT team. Mm. The officers returned fire. But they did. Their protective gear prevented them from being harmed by the bullets. Not so much Luckily, Kang. no, he ended up okay. Luckily, no one was hurt on the sh- in the shootout last December 16th, and the Minneapolis police chief ordered an internal investigation. The house was left riddled with bullet holes and broken glass, and two days later, uh, Dolan, who again is the police chief, apologized to the family and launched an internal investigation to find out how the SWAT team wound up in an innocent family's house in the middle of the night. By the way, it's rare that people get apologies from the cops when stuff like this goes down, so that's pretty un- unprecedented, the fact they even bothered apologizing. Now, whether they fixed the bullet holes or not is another question. Probably, if they made the apology, they probably did. Mm. The investigation determined that the team had gone there looking for gang members' guns after a gang member's guns after an informant gave investigators in the department in the department's violent offenders task force bad information. And and, you know, and we and and, you know, they give they give these uh, uh, informants credence and. Usually they're a bunch of crackheads. <laughs> what are they doing? They're just making up addresses. According to the story, the investigation is still ongoing. So here we are eight months later, and they're still investigating the story. On Monday, Chief Dolan recognized members of the SWAT team for their bravery and how they handled the raid. With Mayor Ryback and other city officials looking on, the chief handed out medals and commendations. He said to the crowd, the easy way would have been to retreat under covering fire. The team did not take the easy way out. This is a perfect example of a situation that could have gone horribly wrong, but did not because of the professionalism 
with which it was handled. Well, and why would retreating have been uh, have prevented things from going horribly wrong? They riddled the home, the family's home with bullets and nearly killed Mr. Kang. And it was the wrong house. And it, well, I mean that that part. It's he's what he's saying is, is that retreating is bad. He says, or excuse me, the Kang apparently they don't know how to use discretion. And, no, no, no. Why bother doing any investigation? An informant gave you some information. You just move, 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 move. Don't check the facts. Don't, you know, sit a car outside and watch the place. Or... There's drugs being dealt. Oh, gosh. All right. Anyway, the Kang family was upset when they learned of the awards given to the SWAT team. That they were. They were outraged and they were hurt. To this day, the family continues to suffer, according to uh, one of their attorneys. Helfinger said the family has notified the city they plan to file a lawsuit over the botched raid. He questions the timing and motives for the award. Why are we now seeing the police department honoring these men? In this context, I'm convinced this is an effort on the part of the police leadership to sanitize the conduct of their officers on December 16th. There you go. The officers put themselves in harm's way. They were shot at and shot. And deserve to be recognized, said Dolan in a statement defending the awards to the SWAT team. He said the internal investigation conducted by his staff cleared the conduct of the SWAT officers who raided the Kang home. So I thought it was still under investigation. Well, uh, maybe there's more than one investigation. No, maybe the investigation is going on as to like how it all happened, but they've cleared the officers. That much they are certain mm. of. And so as it doesn't matter here, apparently, that they raided the wrong house... And terrorized an innocent family. Can you imagine how scary that is? Six I can't, children. I can't. I can't. I can't even imagine. Six children in this house. Scary being, enough that a man would pick up his shotgun and start shooting. Yeah. That's pretty scary. So, so apparently that's all to be brushed aside. And these officers are to be commended for their bravery in raiding an innocent family's home and terrorizing them at gunpoint. I mean, what? <laughs> well, I don't know that I Crazy. necessarily think that, you know, the, the only thing that I've got to say as far as the officers go is they didn't do uh, proper investigation and they just said, well, somebody up the line said that this was okay. Why should they? They've got no liability. I mean, they, they did no investigating whatsoever. They went and raided this house and they terrorized this family and nothing is going to be done about it. The family is filing a lawsuit. Hopefully the, that will go somewhere. But even if it does... Even if the family does get some sort right. of payout, the officers aren't going to pay. Everybody else in town is going to pay. The taxpayers are going to pay for it. As though the taxpayers are responsible for what these officers did. Right. So, um, you know, the, the Kang family, they are pay, they're going to be paying their own bills and then everybody else, or their own, uh, you know, uh, award as long, along with everyone else. And the officers walk away. It's just the mistake of some bureaucrats out yeah. there, and they don't pay the price. There's no accountability. There's, uh, you know, they, they, there's no accountability with these people. I, I, I can't say I would go out on the limb that you did earlier and suggest that the police would actually repair this damage. We know of stories that they've broken down people's front doors and not done a damn thing about if it. If they apologized for it, um, then they're, yeah, but that, they're that accepting cost liability. That doesn't cost them anything. They're accepting liability when, when apologizing for it, so I'm relatively certain the family's gotten some money and they, um, you know, You're in order speculating. to do it. I, I am. As much as I am. Anyway, more than seven months later, the internal review has not finished looking into how the officers and supervisors in the Violent Offenders Task Force handled the investigative piece of the case, which preceded the raid at the Kang home. So far, no one has been disciplined in connection with the mistaken raid. Au contraire. Instead, they were given medals.
Now, look, as I said before, this is not an unusual story. It's not the it's first not. time. It's not. I mean, you say it every time, um, pretty much. That they don't will... always get handed medals, but it no. has happened before. Yeah, and, it, you know, that's, I think it. I think that the, the story points it out. I pointed it out before I, I heard that part in the story yep. that, uh, in fact, they do this to cover their butts. But they're still giving commendations to these officers for mistakes. And these, uh, and when when I get on the air and I talk about how you know voluntary solutions are the way to go, replacing the government police with uh, market-based protection services, people get all scared about what might happen. And oh my God, we cannot have government police. Well, we can't have government police. Look what they're doing to people. You can't sit there and listen to this story and say, oh, those poor people. Well, good thing it doesn't didn't happen in my town. Because there's no reason why, within the next three hours, the SWAT team won't be kicking in your front door next. There's no reason why. It was a total F-up here, and this stuff happens all over the place. Radley Balco's The Agitator has a map of America and, you know, little pinpoints all over the map as to all the different places these botched raids have uh, have actually occurred. And there's no and reason why you can't be next. It's showing up in the major media. Um, uh, the uh, Excuse me. Popular Mechanics had a story on this about six months ago. Really? Popular mechanics. Yeah. This is an epidemic. And as this country slides down the path of becoming a total, a completely totalitarian police state, it's only going to get worse. And, of course, they'll have their reasons. Oh, well, this guy, we were looking for someone who was supposedly violent. Well, we're looking for drug dealers. We're looking for immigrants. We're looking for terrorists. And the government's always going to have an excuse, and it never finds itself guilty, and it never holds itself accountable. The individuals are never held accountable, and yet people go along and they keep paying for this system as though it's something that they need. And it's absolutely sick. More on the way. Bring up anything. Free talk. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up what you want via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are free, and those include live streams. We've got a broadband version of the show and a dial-up version, both free for you. So enjoy them on us at freetalklive.com. Are you thinking about starting a business? Here is a word to the wise. Incorporate at LegalZoom.com. Incorporation can help protect you against frivolous lawsuits that can wipe you out. LegalZoom.com is fast and easy. They do all sorts of legal documents like patents, wills, and trademarks. Use the code FTL to save 10 bucks off your order. That's LegalZoom.com. 800-259-9231. We go to your phone calls here. Talking about police corruption uh, at this point, but we are going to get to the national service issue here, or national slavery, as I prefer to call it. Let's first talk to Tony in Nevada. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Tony. Good evening, gentlemen. Hey, what's on your mind tonight? Uh, I just wanted to share a quick story about what happened to me today with the police. Okay, do, do tell. And and I also wanted to thank you guys for, uh, especially you, Ian, for enlightening me to the fact that I don't need a piece of paper to uh, to let me know that I'm free. I was born free. This is true. So what was your story? So anyway, I was driving to work uh, like I normally have been for the past three and a half years on the same road. Mm-hmm. And I look over to my right to get into the right lane, and I didn't signal. So... Sure enough, there's a cop behind me, mm. and uh, he puts his lights on, you know, and I'm like, oh, great. So I pull over, 
uh, first of all, I'm sorry, because I, I always get nervous when I call you guys. I, don't I, I couldn't tell. <laughs> don't worry about it. Yeah, I couldn't tell either. But anyway, so, you know, he comes up to the car and license and registration and all that jazz. So I give him all that. And then uh, and then he comes back and he, and he asks me for my social. Mm. And I paused. And I was like, you know, I thought to myself, I really don't want to. I don't think I should have to give it to him. Yeah, no way. And I said, I said, you know, I choose not to give you that. And so he, uh, well, before that, he actually asked me if I had ever been arrested. And I guess that's standard operating procedure. I said, I said, I choose not to answer that. So that was two in a row, and he didn't like it. You could tell he was. Uh oh, you are a disobedient, insubordinate citizen. Exactly, exactly. And so. Next thing you know, he called two other cop cars. So there's three cop cars behind me now. Oh, jeez. So, you know, I'm, I'm nervous. I'm scared. And uh, so he asked me to get out of the car. I get out of the car. He has me stand in front of his car, and they put the cuffs on me. They put the cuffs on you for not wow. giving your social security number? Now, what does a social security number have to do with uh, conducting a motor vehicle? Well, the funny part is, to skip to the end of the story, he, they wound up giving me a ticket and not arresting me. That makes uh, sense to me. Yeah, because well, they had nothing to arrest you for. But he had my social anyway. Why's that? He somehow pulled it up in some database because it's on the ticket. I never gave it to him. Did you have your driver? You gave him your driver's license, though, Yeah, right? I gave him my license. I'm sure it's in there. You know, but the point is, I mean, it's not, you know, first of all, he said, would you like to give it to me? And I said, no, I wouldn't. And then he writes on the thing that I refused. And number two, I mean, you got it anyway, so the reason you're getting upset is, is not because I'm refusing. I mean, it's because I'm not obeying you. Yeah, well, that's precisely it. You know, anyway, so uh, basically they said sign or else you're going to jail. And I thought about it, and, I, you know, to be honest with you, I didn't want to go to jail, and I thought about what it sure. would cost me for my car and all that. But anyway, I told them, I said, you know, I said, uh, you know, I, I wound up saying something like, you know, I'm, I'm a free man. I said, you guys should read your Constitution. This is wrong. And you could tell they were like a little baffled. But you could tell they were thinking about it, about what I was saying. Hmm. And I said to them, at the very least, I want you guys to think about what just happened here. But I was going on and on about how I said, you guys are violating my rights, you know, et cetera, et cetera. But he was just like all confused. And you could tell he was thinking about it. He was not expecting me to say things like that. No, no doubt. I mean, the, me. the people that they normally pull over, uh, they they want the cops to go away as quickly as possible. I mean, I'm sure that's what you wanted as well. But, uh, you know, to that end, they just obey and nod their head and sign whatever they need to sign. And, OK, give me my ticket. I'll I'll be a good boy. And then they, they move on. I mean, asking questions, making exactly. statements, exactly. that's pretty unusual. <laughs> Exactly. I'm sure they had a thing or two Pretty to say after the huh? fact, you know, when they were back in their squad car and together. Like I said, I hope at the very least that, you know, it had some effect where he thinks about it. That's all you can do is hope and uh, and ask some uh, some questions. And, uh, of course, some people would uh, would suggest to not do things like that around the police because yeah. uh, many of them could be violent. Oh, uh, yeah, I was you know. scared, believe me. Right. Okay. And I told him, I said, you guys got the guns and the badges. I mean, you know, you tell me shut up, I'm going to shut up.
I, I think that's an interesting technique, and our friend Sam has been using it down in Texas at ObscureTruth.com. Isn't he awesome? Uh, he is awesome. So I, I love the technique of really just just splaying the violence right out there for them Let and them asking see. those exactly. questions like, do you intend to hurt me? I think yeah. that's a really powerful question because it yeah. you know it brings it right to the essence of the uh, the situation. You're get you know that's you're ra- you're was. raising your voice here. You know you got your hand over your gun. Do you do you intend to hurt me? I'm not exactly. hurting you. And then I and I noticed his his badge because I work for I'm sorry to say I work for the government, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I work for a, uh, uh, a division of the government and we have to wear badges. Mm-hmm. And I noticed he had one of these badges, so he works in the same division I work in. And I said that to, I pointed that out to him. I said, I noticed you work in this. I don't want to say where it is on, on the radio, sure. but because uh, he works there. And then so he says to me, Why do you ask me that? He says, Are you threatening me? This is why I have the cuffs on, hmm. for asking him the question. Anyway, yeah, I, I don't, I don't even that. know what that's supposed to mean. It's what, just what? supposed to mean, you know, like why? I don't know to intimidate me. I don't know. Was that a second job or something? Or his? Yeah. No, the way it works is a division. I, I don't want to say. Okay, where never I mind. Work, yeah, just the division I work <laughs> no, we'll in has fine. police in it. Has gotcha. Police walking around. Well, sir, uh, it was a good story, and congratulations on having the courage to stand up for your rights, at least in you know in some part. What was the ticket for? Anyway, was it for the the lane change? Oh, by the way, it was for the yeah, it was for the lane change, and he and he wrote on it that I refused to answer questions, which I didn't. He asked me if I would like to, and I said no, I wouldn't like to. You Maybe know, we can start good. ticketing the judge when they refuse to answer our questions like they well, refuse to answer uh, Sam's nice. questions. Because you be could nice. very easily go and do the same thing as Sam did here. Uh, you could go into the courtroom you know, with a camera and start asking those questions about you know, what's the nature and cause the proceedings uh, and charges against me. Where's the victim? You know, where, what, where's the, <laughs> where's the complaining the party? I said that to the cop. I said, I didn't hurt anybody. Yep. And then I and I said I also said to him one of the things I said to him was I said you know there's a new movement in this country I said it's called the freedom movement I just kind of came up with that but it's new <laughs> for me maybe I don't know yeah well it's new to most people so and he I wanna... writes it on the ticket <laughs> freedom said, movement subject by the way subject right subject yeah. refuses to answer questions states that I was violating his rights and that there is a new freedom movement. Yep, there sure is, and uh, they're going to get more familiar with it here over time. Of course, it's going to happen in uh, New Hampshire first, and I thank you for the call tonight. Certainly appreciate hearing from you, Tony. Keep up the great work out there. 800-259-9231 is the SACL CAI toll-free line. You know, when they gave out those Social Security numbers in the beginning, they, you know, they, 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 the way they passed them off on the American people was that they were just going to be used for Social Security. That's what it said on the card. Not so anymore. No. Just another example of how government programs always grow beyond their original intentions. And they always get Every bigger. time. 1-800-259-9231 is the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can bring up anything. This is Free Talk Live. Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for $3 a month and get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can bring up anything via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. 
And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. The features are free. They include the updates. You get signed up, and we'll let you know whenever there's something fresh to announce about Free Talk Live. A couple updates went out last night, uh, one of them announcing the brand-new Shriners, of which there are three. You can go to freetalklive.com to see those. Uh, plus, uh, the voting situation has reset. It's a new month. First of August, that means it's time to go and vote again. If you voted in July, you can now vote a fresh vote. If you voted last night, you can still go and vote. That's true. You can vote again, I should say. And we do need your vote, so go to vote.freetalklive.com to help push us up on the podcast charts uh, so we can be number one for longer this month. Hopefully, yeah, the, the longer we're month. at number one, because that's sort of you know um, when you're at number one is uh, is probably the more important than where you end up in the month. Um, right, because for us. people are always going and looking at that chart all month long. We're talking about the podcast alley uh, top ten, and if we're number one, that just means more people will listen to Free Talk Live and find the message of freedom and liberty. So help us out and go to vote.freetalklive.com. We're about uh, fifty votes out of the top slot, and we're not even in the top three right now. Ooh, geez, we really need some help. Vote.freetalklive.com live.com since we're talking corruption uh cops and just bad cop stories as I, as I, we said last night there's no shortage of these things to go around we just never got to them last night so let's let's nail them out here mark while we've got them here in front of us you've got a story about how not even the government bureaucrats themselves the elected officials not even they are immune from this police state yeah it's uh off the, out of the washington post uh, uh police raid Berwyn Heights Mayor's home. Kill his two dogs. They love doing that, don't they? They just love killing animals. Yep. A police SWAT team raided the home of the mayor in the Prince George County's town of Berwyn Heights on Tuesday, shooting and killing his two dogs. This is the first thing they do. Go after the dogs. Um, After he brought in a 32-pound package of marijuana that had been delivered to his doorstep, police said. Huh. Mayor um, Chang. Right, because that's somehow... Somehow, if you take a package from someone that you don't know, means you were expecting it and you knew it was marijuana. Well, right? I don't. I don't know. Maybe the guy did bring in a 32-pound uh, bag of marijuana. The, the point. How do you that know would... it's your? How do you know it is marijuana? I mean, how do you know somebody just didn't send you a box full of gifts? You never know. Mayor uh, Chenye Calvo was not arrested in the raid, which was carried out at 7 p.m. by the sheriff's office SWAT team and county police narcotics officers. Prince George uh, police spokesperson. Henry Tippett said yesterday that all the residents of the house, Calvo, his wife, his mother-in-law, and all persons of in- are all persons of interest in the case. The package was addressed to Calvo's wife hmm. and uh, law enforcement officials who spoke in- on condition of anonymity because the case is ongoing. Tippett said the police are working to determine for whom the drugs were meant. Well, you never know. I mean, maybe somebody decided to send this off just to uh, get them in trouble and then tipped off the cops, right? How'd the cops know it's, about it? It's possible, right? Yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. Calvo said yesterday he did not know the drugs wound up on a, how the dra- um, dr- drugs wound up on his doorstep. He works part time as the mayor and serves as director of expansion for the Seed Foundation, a well known national nonprofit group that runs urban public sc- uh, boarding schools. My government uh, blew through my doors and killed my dogs, Calvo said. They thought mm-hmm. we were drug dealers and we were treated as such. I didn't think that re- um, they really ever considered that we weren't. So, mm. you know, he's feeling like he was uh, he was tried. Done deal. Yeah, yeah like it's, uh, he was guilty before yep. proven innocent. Calvo described a chaotic scene in which he, wearing only underwear and socks, and his uh, mother-in-law were handcuffed and interrogated for hours. They were surrounded by the dog's carcasses and pools of the dog's oh, blood. Oh, gosh. That is awful. They always go after the dogs. Every time. Now, there's speculation as to why that is. You may be asking yourself if you've never heard this kind of story before. And, I, and 
as the same with the story we gave you earlier, this is not unusual. When they go in to raid your house, whether they're looking for drugs or whatever it is they're looking for, mm-hmm. if there's a dog, or in some, sometimes even cats, but uh, usually dogs, if there's a dog in the vicinity of them... If it approaches will, especially. It, well, if it approaches for sure, but sometimes they'll actually chase after the dogs in order to shoot them dead. Uh, they shoot your dog dead. And the reason is because they want you to get upset. You know, we were talking with uh, Barry Cooper from Never Get Busted, NeverGetBusted.com, former law enforcement officer, former narcotics agent, who has now joined this, uh, the sides of, of good and has repudiated his former profession, is now doing everything he can to, uh, to I don't know, correct his karma, I suppose. You know, he pointed out that as a cop, you when you start, you get adrenaline rushes just from pulling somebody over and writing them a speeding ticket. Because anything can happen. I mean, anything could happen. You could pull over some crazy, dangerous person, and that could put your life in danger. And so there's some sort of level of uh, of an authoritarian adrenaline rush that comes from doing this job. I, maybe it's not for all cops, but certainly for uh, for Barry. It, I think everybody case. gets a, probably an adrenaline rush from pulling somebody over um, the first few times. I absolutely believe that's true. Anyway, what he pointed out was that as you start, you get this rush, but then it diminishes. It goes it goes away over time after it becomes routine to pull people over. And so if if what you're looking for is that rush, right. and if you are them, in fact an adrenaline junkie on the other hand and many cops are adrenaline junkies they will look to escalate situations so barry gave examples of how when he would bust somebody for cocaine for instance he might accidentally leave their handcuffs undone so uh and leave them just sitting there and go back to his car or something like that to fill out some paperwork and to give them the opportunity to get go, out. And, go ahead and run. Yeah. To, I to, dare you. Right. To run. That way, Barry would have the opportunity to run after him and, you know, hit him or something like that. Right? So that's kind of the same thing that's going on here. It's not that the cops are actually afraid of many of these animals. It's that they want to stir it up. They want to give you the they I mean people love their pets. Well, you don't want to see your you don't want to see Senor Grouchy Pants get a bullet to the head. Yeah, so, chances are they wouldn't shoot the the cat. Chances he, he looks like there a, have been he looks stories, like a good sized dog though. There have been stories where cats have had guns trained on them where they have not shot the cat but they have actually trained their weapons on the cat to suggest that they might shoot your animal. And whatever it is they're doing, they're trying to get a reaction out of you. If you're acting very calm, they they can't really, you know, crack your head in if you're not going after them. So And I think that the, the you know the, the cat story you tell there probably um shows what the underlying purpose is and the underlying purpose is probably what you're saying to, for for quite a few of the officers. However, I would say that you know, there's definitely dogs out there and people that uh you know train their animals to be aggressive towards strangers and in, in you know in an aggressive situation. I think that yeah. cops are in danger of getting bit by some dogs. I've been bit by a dog just being oh, at I somebody's house. I don't house. deny that. I don't deny that. I mean if if you're going to be bit by a dog uh, even so, I would think the responsible thing to do would be to kick it in the head or to pepper spray it. Eh. The, these cops have weapons all over their damn belt, and they're not all lethal, so I, there's no excuse I don't, to I put don't, a bullet I, in I the I don't dog. propose to tell a man who's in a, uh, a situation where he's being attacked by a man or beast how it is that he should uh, react in that situation. I, sh- well, I do propose to tell a man, look... Don't go kicking in people's doors that have never heard sure. anyone. That's sure. what I propose to say. Well, and, and this and wouldn't be happening if, if the they weren't, um, you know, if they weren't uh, foot soldiers in the war on drugs. Absolutely, that is the case. The war on drugs is the root problem here, but it's it is still. Uh, 
enlightening to see exactly how it is this stuff works and and how they treat people and how they treat their possessions and their homes and uh, and their pets and they just don't care. They're and so people callous. Love, people love their animals. I mean, I I, I I don't think I've ever known anybody who didn't right. love their dog. Well, there are some people that... I, I, I'm sure there are. I'm just saying I don't think I ever knew anybody. So think about how callous this is. I mean, you shoot to death two dogs, and then you question the occupants of the home for hours... In the presence of the corpses of their own animals. Right. There's, there's no, uh, you know, the guy's in his socks and underwear. Yeah. You know, that's, that's a demeaning thing. At the very least, he can, uh, you know, they, they could let, let them cover the dogs or move the dogs outside yeah, or something like that. Go somewhere else, leave the room, go outdoors, have their little chat outside, whatever. But there is no concern. For the well, accused. It, what they want is they want them rattled. They want them as rattled as they mm. possibly can be. And that's, that's what part of the dog shooting thing is all about, yeah. as you said. They want to get a rise out of you. They want you to lunge at them. So then they have an excuse to shoot you. Because some of these guys are sickos. You know how the, the people, some of the people that join the military are just people that want to kill people and get away with it? Well, guess what? Some of those guys become cops. And some of those guys join the SWAT team because they know there's a chance they're going to get to kill somebody someday, and they won't have to pay any sort of costs for it. A bad guy. In the meantime, between killing humans, they get to kill dogs and suffer no, no penalty whatsoever for that. And then uh, if, if some human owner of one of these dogs actually makes a move in ang- out of uh, anger from their dog being slaughtered, then they've got an excuse to put a bullet in your head. More coming up. Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. 800-259-9231. Join us online at freetalklive.com. The features on the site we give away. And if you like the show and want to help support Free Talk Live, then you can shop with us at amazon.freetalklive.com. Enter Amazon through that link, and Free Talk Live will get a percentage of your purchase. Uh, once again, go to amazon.freetalklive.com and get your shopping done. Free Talk Live is brought to you by the Free State Project. It's your only choice for more personal freedom and smaller, less intrusive government. To learn more about joining the Second American Revolution, go to freestateproject.org. That is freestateproject.org. As we go to New Hampshire, John is on the line. John, you're on Free Talk Live. Gentlemen. Hey, what's hey, on John. your mind, John? Hey, uh, it's quite some time back that I read that the police around the country were moving towards white cars that they were driving. And the reason was to have a more friendly image. Uh, If you've noticed in your area, anywhere, whoever's listening around the country, the police are beginning to move back towards black cruisers. Mm -hmm. What would be the reason for that if they've done the psychological studies that tell them that the white is a friendlier image? What is the black image, and why are they moving towards that? And who are they trying to send that image to? Is it to just the people on the street? Is it to themselves and their buddies? Maybe they have the mentality of that that, uh, class of uh, officers that were graduating that said uh, as their motto, uh, don't suffer post-traumatic stress, go out and cause Cause some. Yeah. Well, there was a, tie, a tied-in story down in uh, in Massachusetts about a police department that was changing out all of its uniforms to black because it was more intimidating to the so-called, so-called criminals. But it's also intimidating to everybody else. And and it sends a message to each other, I'm sure, within the force that look at who we are. We're the we're the new ninjas, I guess, with the <laughs> uniforms. 
Yeah, they, and, and um, it, it seems like even the graphics on the side of police cars are are getting bolder. And I think that uh, I think that really what that is to is to cow people into submission. The cops only wish they could be ninjas. You could, one ninja well, yeah. could take out an entire police department, no problem. So, Ninjas? When, when yeah. you're talking about the cops shooting dogs, that that brings us to mind because it, it reminds me of two points on that. I think it's the same reason that they taser people. Uh, two reasons: one, it's kind of fun for them and they can get away with it. It tells you, yep, or it tells it. It speaks to me that if they could get away with shooting people and dispatching of all their problems that quickly then that's what they would do, and it would be fun for them. Sometimes they do. Sometimes they do just shoot people. But, yeah, the taser's a little better because they probably don't have to do as much paperwork. Right, they can get away with it a little easier. You don't don't have a dead body on your hands every time? Secondly, the reason why it's so much fun is they may not know it consciously, but there was a boss at, at where I work years ago, and I was surprised that he knew it consciously. I learned it about 30 years ago, and I heard a guy mention to me about 15 years ago, but this guy said, if you can piss people off, you can control them. And it has a lot to do with the anger and forgiveness that I sometimes talk about. These people know, even if it's not consciously, they know from experience, when they can piss people off, they can begin to manipulate them. So, so you... this, to shoot someone's pet is certainly going to anger somebody. Oh, yeah. And to taser them, it, it's all, it's, they're just... I don't know. These, these guys are freaks. Of the no, they're sadists. I mean, it's straight up. They're psychopaths. They're sickos. They're people that, and again, we're not talking about all cops. I understand of not course. all cops are bad. But the ones that are attracted to the SWAT team, I would say, are more likely than not I would agree uh, to be that's... sadistic. And, uh, you know, we've seen so many uh, stories about police being sadistic. The I think the most clear example had to be the Eugene Seiler case. Uh, I believe it was in one of the Carolinas where this kind of low-life dude was slinging some drugs, and the cops went in there off the, the clock, basically. They went in there in plain clothes, and they tortured this man. And it was just so sick, and the only reason why we even know about it was because his wife had the forethought to turn a tape recorder on and put it out of the, you know, out of the view of these guys. So there was there were 40 minutes of audio tape of this man being tortured. Right, and you can see, just from the circumstances, where is your audio uh, cassette recorder? You know, where, where is your ability to uh, record audio, and, and would you be able to get to it in the time yeah. that uh, cops come? You can see how unlikely it is, the circumstance that we would have caught this audio and you know the, the, so how often does this happen and no one ever knows about it yep and you know what do you do you come out and you say well the cops tortured me if you don't have any evidence you're done I and mean, there's no way that anybody's going to believe you then it's certainly not if you're, against our protectors certainly not if you're of the means that uh, mr seiler is yeah there's one other thing that's happening in this country and, and i know that you're going to touch on this national service business they're going to start to indoctrinate people more and more into this system. I've seen stories in the paper where they've got people who have some interest maybe in law enforcement, and, and a lot of children do. You know, a lot of young boys, they grow up thinking that, you know, I want to, I want to protect people, and they get the image of being a, a good cop, protecting mm-hmm. life and property, and they, they have a good image of that. Right. But now they, they never have liberty in mind, but now they're getting children who have, and young adults, you know, kids, teenagers, uh, to be rats. In even just on minor, minor things, even traffic. To, sure. If you have an interest in being a policeman, you start to get involved now. And it has to do with this indoctrination towards a police state, 
towards the government is always right and the citizens are of less value. There are laws where the politicians, the judges, etc., there's a higher there's a higher penalty on either threatening or harming them, so they see their own lives as being more valuable yep, they sure do. than you or I. And to, to finish it off, I just saw in the paper this week, by the way, we think of sometimes these national service things as being a Democrat, liberal type of thing. John McCain, in a 2006 speech, uh, said that this was going to be one of his major platforms. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. All of them are in favor of so national service. If anybody out there thinks the Republicans are all, you know, all, all conservative and small government, get over it, guys. You nailed it, John. The game is over. Thanks for the call, dude. Appreciate hearing from you. 800-259-9231. Yeah, the, the, the National Service Organization, what are they, Service Nation, I think was touting how, oh, well, both of the presidential candidates are in favor of national service. Of course they are. If you're in favor of the government, then you're in favor of, you know, if you're one of these statists, as anybody who's running for president inevitably is these days, then of course you're in favor of national service. You, you know, you're expanding bureaucracy. You're expanding control over people's lives. That's what national service is all about. It's about integrating more people into the bureaucracy. And, you know, training them to believe that government is good and that nothing is, is uh, valid unless it's got government stamp of approval on it. William Norman Gregg from LewRockwell.com wrote a great article about national service, and uh, hopefully we'll have a chance to share that with you tonight. Your calls are primary, though, and we go first to Brian in Rockingham up here in the Shire. Hello, Brian. Hey, guys. Hey, what's on your mind tonight? I, I have a, a dog, Molly, and she was bred as a police dog. Yes. Uh, a German Shepherd. And uh, specifically as a drug-sniffing dog, so I rescued her from that fate. Awesome. And uh, I think she could be a great uh, drug-sniffing dog, and I was actually thinking about training her to be a drug-sniffing dog and then leasing her out to a free state to see if their hash uh, is, uh, is, is uh, safe. <laughs> That's see, an eat idea. See if, see if, stash, if the dog can find a stash. Well, speaking of uh, the free state project and a little bit of activism, uh, you guys reported, uh, oh, I don't know, a month or two ago about uh, four guys in Manchester who got uh, harassed by cops and, and detained uh, for 45 minutes because they were open carrying. Yeah, that's right. You know, and there was some follow-up about that. I know Dave Ridley had done a few reports at RidleyReport.com about what happened after that uh, point, because not only were they detained for almost an entire hour and harassed by these police, but they also later uh, went and they filed some complaints with uh, the police department and the mayor. And, I mean, have they just been blown off at this point? Do you know what's going on? Yeah, I was in the meeting. Uh, about ten of us were in a meeting with uh, with the mayor of Manchester, and uh, you know he promised uh, to include uh, uh, you know training. It was basically a civil rights issue. They, they violated these guys' civil rights, uh, and uh, there, there's now training about that, and uh, supposedly in, in the next uh, phase of training. So we're going to keep on top of it, and, and we are we, we do have an ear to that. All right. Well, definitely let so me know what happens with that. What else were you calling about? Well, the whole idea of open carry, and ever since then, for the last two months or so, I've been carrying my Glock right there on my on my belt mm. uh, everywhere I go. I, wow. I carry it around working in the yard. I, I carry it. I, I, I go down to Home Depot, which I've been spending a lot of time at, um, and I, I actually went into the uh, the selectmen's meeting uh, with the gun. <laughs> I go into a bank with the gun. I, I go everywhere. I mean, it's just it's just it, it's like I got a tape measure on one hip. I got the Glock on the other hip. And uh, everybody sees it, everybody notices it, but only a couple of people have ever said anything. Do they, I, I, would, I wonder, I imagine that they just think you're some kind of uh, officer. 
if, if you see the way I'm dressed, I, I'm usually covered with dirt, and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm all sweaty, and uh, it, it, it's hard to think that I might be a cop. But who knows? Undercover. Who knows what they're thinking? So, so you're basically reporting success in that, you know, there have been very little uh, that has happened as a result of this, right? Yeah, absolutely. Everybody sees it, obviously. But uh, but uh, I'm just trying to get people to get used to it. I don't want to be treated special. Good deal. I just want people to get used to it. Keep up the good work, Brian, and thanks for the call tonight. Hour 2 is coming up. You can take control of the airwaves. Bring up anything. This is Free Talk Live. You ever have one of those days where everything goes right? First, I get the best parking space at work. Tonight, I have a date with a very lovely Rachel. And today, I gave a killer presentation in Sydney, finalized a contract in London, and demoed our new product in Boston. Online, from my desk, with WebEx. WebEx lets me take meetings and give presentations from my desk. I just talk to clients on the phone, and they watch what's happening on my desktop from their desktop. So I can travel the world and still be here for my date tonight with Rachel. Travel less, meet online. Go to WebEx.com and try WebEx free. Just click the radio graphic and enter promo code 600 to get a free trial and a free webcam, too. Remember that code, 600, to qualify for the free webcam. WebEx, now part of Cisco and used by more than 5.5 million people every month. Give it a try, free. Go to WebEx.com and enter the promo code 600. WebEx.com. Free webcams available while supplies last. Terms and restrictions apply. See website for details. This is Free Talk Live. It's your program if you take control of the airwaves and bring up whatever you want via the toll-free number. 800-259-9231 is the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features on the site are free, so enjoy them all on us as we go to your phone calls. Starting with Bradley in Iowa. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Bradley. Hello. Hey, what's on your mind tonight? Uh, well, the city that I live in um, is expanding a two-lane road to five lanes, and my friend's parents live on this road, and they have about a quarter mile of frontage. Okay. And I think most reasonable people think that when they steal your property, they're going to give you money. The city will give you money for it. Generally, yeah. normally that's what they do. Yeah. Well, uh, instead of getting a check, they sent them a bill for $140,000. For what? What? They want them to pay for the road, apparently, the construction in front of their property for this road. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> That's bizarre. And so they, if they don't pay, then what? I'm not sure. I, I'm not sure of the consequences, but they've sued the city right now, and the city keeps on dropping their price. <laughs> that, I bet they do. You know, Eventually they'll get in. So it's yep. down to ninety thousand right now. Oh, what a deal! What a deal! Well, let's just just cut a check then. Yeah, I mean, who's exactly. who plans for this stuff? I mean, no, nobody budgets for this. This is completely out of the blue, completely arbitrary. I mean, at least at least with property taxes, even though they do go up every year, and you're never really sure exactly how much they're going to go up. At least you understand generally about what it is that they're going to be demanding from you for property taxes. I, I'm not defending it for one moment, but I'm just pointing out that at least you know what you're getting into, kinda. Uh, with this. You buy yourself a house if you're like a lot of people. You're buying your house on credit, and you you know you you've got a certain budget 
that you can make every single month. You can make X amount of payment toward the house. Sometimes maybe you can throw a few extra bucks that way if you happen to have a little bit extra. You know, But you've got bills to pay. You've got mouths to feed. You've got a life to live. And nobody, nobody expects to get a $90,000 bill from the government for a, a, a plot of road out in front of their house. And, and they're just right out of the blue. And now they owe it to them or else they're going to probably steal their property, their entire property from them. It's so unusual. I can't imagine that'll happen. Uh, but they'll probably scare them into giving some, them some kind of money. Yeah. And then e- even if you do pay for the road, you don't own the road. It's not yours. They're not going to let you stake a claim. So the whole thing is nutso. Let, me know, let, let us know if you hear more about this case. You said they're suing, right? Yeah, they're suing. Uh, the city's already come down and cut down all the trees in front of their house um, to clear this area, even though it's in court right now. Some people like and, trees in front of their houses, by yeah. the way. I like yeah. the trees in front of my house. Mm-hmm. So the city well, is basically acting as though they own the property, even though there has been no agreement or no deal done. Right. And in addition, once it's all done, they're putting a sidewalk in, so... They're responsible for clearing a quarter mile of sidewalk, or else they'll get fined when it snows. Oh, really? That, yeah. This is amazing to me. Like, I have no idea. I don't know if I've got some responsibility to clear the uh, the property out. I mean, my house is right up on a road here in in Keene, and uh, I don't. I, my my neighbor, uh, the the guy that rents from me, clears it out. I don't think he's doing it because he feels like there's some law forcing him to. But maybe there is. I don't even know. It's all very confusing to me, and I think it's uh, it's pretty disgusting. Or they're going to fine him if he doesn't clear off the... the yeah, uh, you can get fined if they don't clear. And it's a right. quarter mile. It's quite a bit. Yeah, that's pretty long. Yeah, <laughs> You don't want to shovel that. Right, so now he gets to pay some company, because he's not going to do it himself. He's probably going to have right. to pay somebody to come in there and cl- keep that walkway clear. That can't be mm-hmm. that cheap. Amazing. What an, uh, thank you for the story tonight, Bradley. We appreciate hearing from you at 800-259-9231. So it brings back up the old question that we've asked so many times on this program, or I've asked, is, well, what is this government anyway? I mean, by all accounts, they are a gang of people using threat of force to uh, voice their way upon innocent folks who've never harmed other people. I mean, these violent people calling themselves government are a dangerous gang. But their own documentation, their own rule books, their constitutions and all that stuff, their own rules say pretty clearly that uh, it's by the consent of the governed. At least that's what it says here in New Hampshire. And I know that there's uh, similar text in other constitutions around the, the country. What they generally mean by that is the consent of the uh, the majority of the, the governed, hmm. you know? Um, I, I don't see how that is exactly. That's a fantasy. Yeah, someone yeah. tried to try – someone over at the Freekeen blog at Freekeen.com was, uh, was going back and forth with me on comments last night trying to uh, convince me that, well, majoritarianism is the way things are in this country and just because you don't agree with it doesn't mean it's not the case and blah, 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 blah. And I, I just I agree with him i just don't you know i don't care you know he said well your argument is blah 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 and my argument is this and that and i said well i'm not arguing with you i'm just pointing out the violent people and encouraging people encouraging people like us who are not violent against our neighbors to stop obeying these uh violent gangsters that's all i'm doing i'm not trying to argue my point my point is quite clear and there's no debating it these people are willing to use violence against their neighbors to get their way. That's despicable. Stop cooperating. 
That's what I'm saying. I don't care if nine out of the ten people on my street decide they don't like the tree out in front of my house and want to cut it down. Yeah. Why? <laughs> Who cares? Majority rules, Mark. That's the society we live in, and you consent to it just by being here. And, you know, the thing is, is we really don't live in majority rules. I mean, you know, that's that's what they'll say. And but the fact is, it isn't. Most of the majority of people don't vote at all, especially in local yeah, elections. That's true. I mean, you know, the the numbers can be in the ninety percentile of people that don't vote in local elections. We've read some on the, the air that. They've had elections and nobody came, but they still yeah. believe me. They get a bureaucrat in that uh, position. Oh yeah, well the bureaucrats don't just throw up their hands and say, "Oh no, the citizens have decided they don't want to vote." Well, majority rule. Guess we're all going to go home. No, no, they don't do that. They just say, "Oh well, silence is consent." So then they go about their business. Right, and you know, and and, and then once the the uh, official gets in there, once the person gets into the the seat of power, they do whatever they want, and it doesn't matter what the majority said. Yeah. yeah, you can kick them out in two years or four years or six years or however long, but at that point they've lined their pockets and they've got their little agenda pushed through, and and then you've got to fight them in court to get it out, and it didn't mm. cost them a dime. The whole system is effed, and the in my opinion, the best solution is to stop cooperating with it. Yep. Uh, so that's you know, what I some of in, us are doing up here. I said in a letter to uh, my town government uh, uh, yesterday that I read on the air, and I, I think that really makes um, sense is that the town says that it gets its power from the state. The state will say it gets its power from the people. And that's bullcrap because the people can't tell me what to spend my money on. N- none of those people can tell me what to spend my money on, so therefore all of them can't tell me what to spend it on. This is true. It's it's logically inconsistent, but yet it's amazing how many people are 100% in agreement with that inconsistency. That's because they've been indoctrinated since yes. kindergarten. Right. The, uh, you know, well, let's vote on it, kids. Right. What do you want? Do you want to go with the green one or the blue one? Which is exactly why I don't play into that paradigm anymore. When someone tries to, to present that paradigm as though it's legitimate because a bunch of people say so, it doesn't. it's not persuasive to me. Like, I'm sorry, nothing you can say... There's no argument that you can make that will make me repudiate my belief system of not aggressing against my neighbor. I cannot repudiate that. I'm not a violent person. I'm not going to harm other people. I have no reason to hurt my neighbors. I'm not going to do such a thing. And I'm not going to hire people to do it for me, calling themselves the government. And I don't care what you say about how, well, that's the way things are here. Well, screw that. Things are going to change. And if you don't like it, then you can leave. How about that? 800-259-9231. There are plenty of places. If you're here in New Hampshire and you're one of those people that likes big government and likes the way things are, you should start looking into Massachusetts and New York and Vermont because it's going to change here. The rest of the places, none of my concern. I hope it changes there, too. I hope that freedom uh, expands out from New Hampshire, that it, that this message infects so many people, that the governments, uh, just kind of in a chain reaction, begin to lose their legitimacy in the eyes of their victims, and that uh, governments crumble all around the world. That would be the ideal, because a world that was actually free would certainly be better and far more wealthy than one little area that's uh, that's free. But, you know, if you don't want your freedom, then you don't have to have it. You know, I when you say governments uh, crumbling around the world you've said in the past and i i think that uh, you actually uh, heard it originally from uh, our friend Menno troyer that it's it, that you want to do away with not with government as much as the authoritarian model of government that we currently have and, and i, I want to really... replace it with uh, voluntary interaction i wouldn't call that replacement of government but if it makes you feel better you can and if it governs your behavior um if you if you sign a contract that governs your behavior then eh, i guess it's government more on the way you can take control this is free talk live
This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up anything. If you dial in, toll free at 1-800-259-9231. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. 800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are free, so enjoy all that on us at freetalklive.com. And those features include the wiki. You can get interactive with over 1,700 pages created by listeners like you. You can create virtually anything uh, on there. Go to wiki.freetalklive.com. Dot com and edit what you want. Let's go to the phones and your calls about anything. JC is on the line in Alabama. Hello, JC. Hi, Libertations, gentlemen. Hey, sir, what's on your mind? What's on my mind is that in the next two or three weeks, I am going to be arriving in New Hampshire. Wow, congratulations. Excellent. In advance, uh, are you arriving permanently or is it a visitation? I am arriving permanently much sooner than I thought I was going to. Let me give you a little bit of applause here. Uh, there we go. You know, it's it's a good thing because Excellent. Uh, some people that are going to be arriving a little later than they thought, they, they feel bad for it. And, you know, I'm sure there's just as many people out there that have decided they wanted to move even earlier than they had committed to or decided to. And, you know, it's, it's sort of make up for the people that have to move a little later. So let me ask you, even though I didn't sign up as one of the first thousand, do I still count if I arrive in the next month or so? I don't, I don't believe so. I don't think anyone's keeping uh, a track. Well, well you will count. First. If you're a Free State Project member, are you a Free State yeah. Project member? Yep. Okay. Well, then there's counters. If you go to freestateproject.org, which, of course, is uh, the Free State Project 20,000 liberty-loving activists moving to New Hampshire, there are counters up at the top. One of them is a moved counter. So you will count towards the moved counter, which is more important than whether or not all 1,000 people move for the first 1,000. For sure. Well, I owe it to you guys and your constant uh, arguing back and forth that uh, got me uh, – going and uh, gave me the courage and helped me to convince my wife. Oh, excellent. Difficult. So was, what was it that uh, you said it was gonna, you thought it was going to take you longer, but you, it managed to be moved up? What were the, uh, the circumstances that allowed that to happen for you? Well, a uh, nice mommy government um, promised to intervene into uh, the mortgage industry. Thus, uh, my uncle's business went belly up. Oh, my goodness. What? And I was going to work for him. But not anymore, and I got accepted to uh, Southern New Hampshire University to do uh, grad school. Huh. And um, I'll be starting school in September, and the radio station there says that if I want to uh, have a radio show, I can do it. And they don't mind having a political radio show. I guess, can you, can you guess what it's going to be about? Uh, f- I don't know, probably Liberty. <laughs> yeah, there you go. So this is the but, college station, college radio? Yeah, it's, uh, it broadcasts on AM 1620 in, uh, in Manchester. Oh, cool. And they're open to the idea of adding some more uh, low-power AM uh, transmitters in the area to, cool. to increase coverage. Neat. So. Hey, well, you know, when you get there and you get kind of on the inside and you get to know some of the people at the station, uh, if, if they're looking for some programming, suggest Free Talk Live when you get a chance. It'd be great. Oh, you better believe I'm going to do it. Hey, guys, I'm on, the, uh, I'm on Podcast Alley, and I'm looking at the votes. Just wanted to – you may have been talking about it earlier in the day, uh, but I didn't hear but just to let everybody know, um, FTL is in fourth place. Uh, no, and, we need to get up that uh, chart. Fifty-seven votes behind the number one spot. Is it the Muggle guys again? The uh, no, the no it's, believe no. it or not, it's the not the Muggles this time. It's uh, Keith and the girl, which always, you know, they always yeah. perform pretty well in the early portion of the month, and we'll they, knock them out. Know, they, they 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 peter off. But the fact is, the sooner we're number one means that you know there's somebody coming to Podcast Alley right now for the very first time, mm-hmm. and what That's they're true. seeing um, is you know the list of top ten right there on the right hand side, and they're saying to themselves. 
oh, the best podcast in the world is Keith and the Girl. And they're mistaken. Uh, the best <laughs> podcast is unfortunately sitting at number four, and we have to take care of that immediately. All right. Hey, thanks for the heads up on that, JC, and congratulations in advance. Uh, but don't forget to post if you need some help moving. Go to nhfree.com and, and post over there. And as you know, a bunch of free staters are going to show up uh, when you arrive, and they'll help you unload your truck, and it, you won't even have to do any work hardly yourself at that point. Thanks for the call, it's dude. good to know. Yes, sir. Thank you. 800-259-9231. More people coming to New Hampshire as the weeks go on. Uh, those numbers incrementing on the Free State Project's website to show that we've got hundreds of liberty activists already here. They're already making a difference. Some of them are plugging into the political scene. Some of them are plugging in uh, to different things in the, uh, the marketplace uh, world of activism, and we're seeing some tremendous results already. It's only going to get better as the uh, the ranks increase of the people here in this state. And they really are the the best activists I've ever come across. Uh, we were talking about the Fully Informed Jury Association outreach that's going to be going on here in our very own Keene, New Hampshire, next week, which is the first time I think it's happened here. And hopefully it will be the first of many where a number of activists are going to show up at the courthouse at 8 a.m. on Monday morning. And we're going to hand out fully informed jury association information to let the jurors, the potential jurors that are showing up that morning for their little uh, conscription, to let them know that they have the ability as a juror to reject the law itself. If they disagree with the law, they can vote not guilty because of that. Now, usually you're not actually supposed to tell the judge that you are nullifying. You can just say you failed to prove your case. Uh, because they don't like it that you nullify. I think that's like a lot of people are, are scared of actually coming out and telling the judge that. But you can vote not guilty based on your thoughts on the law. So you can go to FIJA.org if you want to learn more about that. That's FIJA.org. And, of course, uh, if anything interesting happens Monday, we'll let you know. Uh, 1-800-259-9231 Rick in Colorado. Rick, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hello. Hey, what's on your mind tonight, Rick? Hey, I was just... Uh... I like this whole uh, idea of uh, freedom and all. Do you have enough uh, room for everybody over there? I think we can fit them in. Uh, for everybody? Yeah, I'd probably. The marketplace is, is pretty good at scaling up to uh, demand. Where is New Hampshire? <laughs> really? Is that a serious yeah. question? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's in the northeast in uh, the United States. New England, uh, we call States. it. Yeah, New England. Just oh, north it's near of New England? It is in New England. Yeah. New near England New York? Is- it's uh, east of New York and north of Massachusetts. Really? Is this is this a serious question? <laughs> yes. Uh, uh, yes. Um. Oh, let me. Uh, I was actually going to talk about this. I've always kind of been a free thinker and trying to be self reliant and all. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, I, I actually didn't. I've never. I didn't have a job for like a ten year stretch. And I've always kind of like do bartering and whatnot. You know. Okay. But but when I go. Sometimes I need to get a job, you know. Yeah. When I go when I go looking for a job, I have a tough time filling out an application, so it makes me unemployable. What why, do you mean when you say you unemployable? A, when you say you have a tough time filling out the application, what's that mean? Because I don't have no job references. Oh. So they right. say you're you're worthless, basically. Well, wait. What kind of job jobs are you going after? Well, I'm a. Mechanic, I restore cars. I got a Class A driver's license, commercial okay. driver's license, but nobody will hire me because uh, because because of that. Um, it seems strange to me. I mean, you can't start on some sort of low-level rung. You can't start work as, your way like, up a bit. You know, the janitor or something like that, and and yeah. get some job experience. 
Possibly. That's, that might be a good idea. Maybe, maybe you're setting your sights a little bit too high. I mean, because I understand uh, where those businesses are coming from. I mean, nobody really wants to hire somebody for a for an important position that doesn't really have a history or someone they can call up and say, hey, is this, you know, is this guy a good, good worker? Uh, they, you know, they're a little bit scared about doing that. But if you're willing to, you know, take a minimum wage job or something, some very low paying job in order to prove yourself, then that could um, help you sort of, again, move up the rungs and get to where you want to be. But you have to be willing to, you know, to be humble enough to take a, a kind of a position like that. And I thank you for the call tonight. And I wish you good luck. 800-259-9231. That's the Sakel CAI toll free line. Still to come, we got to talk about the latest on the national service or national slavery situation here in this country and of course get your thoughts about whatever you want this is free talk live with your help we can spread the message of liberty around the world consider becoming a free talk live amplifier for just three dollars a month now at amp.freetalklive.com if you can't afford it keep enjoying us for free if you can spare the three visit amp.freetalklive.com This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up anything toll-free at 800-259-9231. SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. Join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features are free, so enjoy those on us. Uh, those include, by the way, the archives. Uh, if you've missed a moment of the show, just click and download from the front page of the website for free. Lots of archives. In fact, an entire year's worth we give you a uh, giveaway to you at freetalklive.com. SACL CAI has a full-orbed approach to account recovery. It's really three companies in one. They do collections, early outbilling, and they purchase charged-off receivables. SACL knows the way they treat your customer reflects on you and your business, so their staff is respectful, they record every call they make, and they've got the best equipment money can buy, so your business is handled as efficiently as possible. See their banner at freetalklive.com. That is SACL, C-A-I. To your phone calls we go. Dave, calling from the People's Republic of somewhere. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Dave. Hey, hey, Mark, how you doing this evening? Just great, on. Dave. What's on your mind? Like, talk about Target. You guys said you like to shop there. Well, I, I have enjoyed shopping at Target. Uh, it's, it's a nice, clean uh, retail establishment. I, I don't enjoy the fact that they support uh, national service, and we are actually uh, investigating that. But what were your thoughts? Their, 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 their home, home uh, you know, accessories are kind of trendy, too. Okay. Uh, well, yeah, they got a, nice, a lot of nice, good stuff. But if you Google Target Police Lab and read the uh, Washington Post article, you, you might find it interesting. You find out two of the topics you guys talked about tonight. Were, were you guy? Were you the guy that sent me that article? Yeah. Because I did get that story about Prince George County's police being involved with Target. Yeah, what's going on is, uh, from what I understood of the story, Target has got, I guess they've done some real uh, development on the technology that they use within their stores for loss control, uh, which is, you know, the department where they, you know, they put their cameras up and they want to make sure that they're not losing items out the front door to reduce their costs and, and uh, keep their prices low. So loss control is a really important department in the world of, of uh, retail. And basically Target has been giving their technology to police departments uh, in order to help them them um, supposedly solve crimes and you know i looked at that story and i thought well this might be interesting to bring up that was my first thought oh target you know supporting the police state but at the same time it's not as egregious of a violation as their support of uh, national service because 
in that case, what they're probably doing is they're just saying, well, we want to do what we can do to help solve crime. And, you know, when they when somebody an organization like Target takes a position like that, it's not to it's not like they're coming out specifically to help the cops with a war on drugs or something like that. They probably feel like they're contributing to something that will help reduce crime. And when people normally think of crime, they normally think of violent crime. So I I figured we'd give them a pass on that one. Uh, just because their intentions, I think, are good. And and we believe their intentions may be good with this uh, national service thing. Yeah, I, I do believe they are. I think they're, they're, uh, they li- likely haven't looked into it as thoroughly as they should have. But that's what we want them to do, is we want them to look into uh, this national service and then make a decision as to whether or not they continue uh, supporting it or not. I think the boycott should wait. I don't think anybody should boycott quite yet. We need to inquire, find out what their true position is, and then once we determine that, then we can begin boycotting the, uh, the company. So they either recant uh, their position and we continue shopping with them, or they don't and they keep supporting slavery and we don't shop there anymore. Did you read the the entire article at all? I uh, scanned through most of it. I can't say I read every single word. Oh, okay, well, what do you think about Target and the SWAT team? Does that change your opinion at all? What were what were they doing with the SWAT team? I don't, I don't recall that part. Um, well, let's see. On the very on the very end of the article. The person who was arrest, arrested on a speedboat, I guess, um, he questioned informants, got to know some of the suspects, and was there as a oh, – I guess talking about a cop. There is a federal SWAT team surrounded one of the ringleaders on a speedboat in Minnesota. What, what I is can that? only gather that the guys on a speedboat in Minnesota maybe bring something from Canada. I, I don't know, but what's that have to do with Target's technology? How did Target help them? Dave, how did Target help them with that? Uh, well, you're going to have to read the article, man. Oh, like, well, uh, I, don't, I don't have it in front of me. I figured I'd ask you. Thanks for the call. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. I figured, you know, we'll give them a pass on that one just because... Uh, what what company will come out and say we're we oppose the police state? I mean, there's nobody. You could go to Walmart and say, well, Target's supporting the police. Uh, do you guys uh, want to repudiate your position? And, you know, do you want to come out against the police in order to get my business? There's no winning on this. No, there's, I wouldn't think so. There's no way that we can get Target to stop and, giving money to the cops. And if you uh, go after every company for every sort of getting in bed with the government that there is out there, it'll never you're, end. You're, yeah, you're you're just not going to shop anywhere. You're going to end up going to your next door neighbor right. that uh, you know that grows organic vegetables and that's how you're going to eat yeah so you know you have to draw a line somewhere in the society that we're in and that seems to be a line that's worthy of drawing because you're never going to get any company to come out against the police and so you just might as well leave that one alone but to get a company to come out against slavery i think is a pretty reasonable thing I, I would agree. Right. So that's what we're trying Plus, to do. Plus, you're, um, and it's, you're, you're stopping the growth of government as opposed to trying to shrink um, mm. the government. It's easier, you know, you're, you're stopping the growth of the status quo as opposed to, you know, preventing the status quo. But I appreciate Dave bringing that to our attention. Oh, yeah. And let's go to your phone calls. And to the amp line unscreened, who is this? You're on Free Talk Live. Hey, this is Dan in Pennsylvania. Hello, Dan. What's on your mind tonight? Well, I wanted to talk about uh, market-based activism versus political activism, but there's something else I just found about this morning that I thought you'd be interested in. Okay. Have you ever heard of the uh, the online search engine called Cool? C-U-I-L? Yes. Yeah, I, I have not. It's brand new. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm hip on this. You are stuff. hip. Yeah, I'm, I'm cutting edge. 
Wow, Mark is up on something technologically that Ian isn't. It yeah. was in the Freedom's Phoenix. I read it from top to bottom. What? Ian just scans it, scans it. Yeah, what's so special about this particular engine? Well, it was designed by a couple of Google engineers, and uh, they objected to Google's privacy policy. So what they have done is they've created a search engine that searches the entire web, has complete user policy, and uh, they, they also use private arbitration instead of uh, government courts. So. Wow. I, I like what I hear. That's yeah, pretty cool. Same here. And so basically they learned, you know, they went and they worked for Google, learned a thing or two, and they went out and started out their own started up their own business. Yep, it's uh yeah, like Mark said, it's C U I L. It's an old Irish word for knowledge, but uh it looks like it could be a serious contender with Google. Right now it's not quite as good quality, but it's brand new. So. It's pretty neat. Yeah. I, I, you know, looking yeah. at it, I kind of like the way it searches. Um, you oh, know. it's black. The page is black instead of white. I, I, uh, it's different. <laughs> I searched uh, my name and Free Talk Live and, you know, just to, just, just to try it out. Neat. Hey, I, I appreciate you uh, you bringing that to our attention. I will definitely take a closer look. But, you know, just on the issue of a couple of employees breaking off from Google and going to start their own company, this is the kind of thing that companies like, you know, plumbers and more established non-Internet companies, this is the kind of reason why companies who are established go to the government to to lobby for regulation because they don't want you – Coming, working for them, learning all the tricks of the trade in whatever, you know, fill-in-the-blank industry. They don't want you coming in and learning a thing or two and then going running off and competing with them. So if they get regulations passed, like if there was some sort of regulatory agency for the Internet, and if you wanted to open a new search engine, you'd have to go through them, then, you know, uh, cool, com probably wouldn't have been able to uh, to jump over whatever hoops would have been put up. Luckily, the Internet doesn't have those kind of regulators, and so these guys could just go run right out and start their own website without having to ask anybody's permission. But if you're an apprentice for a plumber or you're, you know, one of the uh, AC, the install techs for a, a heating and cooling company and you want to go out and start your own company, even if you've got a little bit of capital, you better have a lot more on hand because you've got to pay a bunch of licensing fees and bribes to the government officials. That's what licensing fees are, the bribes. And, uh, and you've got to jump through a bunch of hoops and prove yourself to these government bureaucrats before they'll allow you to run your business. So these are the things uh, you know, it's, it's stories like that that really bother people with established businesses because they don't want competition. And so more power to these guys. I hope they have success with their website. And I thank you for the call. Certainly appreciate hearing from you. 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. Well, a caller earlier brought up Target. We're going to keep talking about them here in a moment. The latest on the service nation controversy. National slavery. Target has endorsed slavery. But they're not the only company. There are more. In fact, we'll name some more names here in a moment as we continue to wait to get a response from these Target people as to what their position is. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever's on your mind if you dial in toll-free at 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. Join us online at freetalklive.com. The features are free on our website. Uh, Those other radio talk show hosts, they want to charge you for accessing their site, so enjoy ours free at freetalklive.com. In this uh, time of uh, high gas prices and uh, rising costs of uh, traveling, air travel, you can meet online. You can have a little meeting. You can uh, 
have everybody's desktop show what you're, what's going on on your desktop, and you can uh, sell your clients that way. It's WebEx.com. That's W-E-B-E-X.com. WebEx.com. You can go to uh, code the 600-600, and it'll uh, save you. Oh, no, it gets you a free webcam, right? And you can search yeah, your free well. trial for, uh, I think it's 30 days. WebEx.com. There you go. 800-259-9231. So we've been talking all week long about a very disturbing story uh, from Time magazine where they've been talking about this idea of national service. And we've talked about national service for years on this program. It's been batted around for a long time in the uh, the, the realm of the government people there in D.C. And if, uh, if you never heard of it before, basically they want to force all Americans uh, between the ages of 18 and 42 to work for two years for some government bureaucracy. That's the basics of national service. Now, they call it voluntary because you get to choose which government bureaucracy you work for. That's how it's voluntary in their minds. To us, to those of us who actually understand voluntary interaction, uh, no, that's not voluntary because you're being forced to work for a government bureaucracy. So it seems pretty clear to me what's going on here, and it's clear to our listeners. We were talking about this national service. The, the organization that's promoting it right now is called Service Nation, and it's a coalition of various different uh, companies and charities from around the country that are allegedly coming together on September 11th to have a, a national summit about service and how we can inspire our Americans to serve more. And, you know... When they talk about it in their flowery language, as they do with their rose-colored glasses on, it makes it sound like they're just talking about volunteering. And if that's what they were talking about, then I'd be fine with it, because I'm all in favor of volunteering. Sure. I'm a voluntarist, after all. And so I'm in favor of going down to the soup kitchen and helping out, or going and, you know, helping after a disaster. Who's not in in favor of volunteering Uh, inside their community? And I think that that's what uh, a lot of these companies, a lot of people that are involved with Service Nation, really believe is going on. Right. Because they'll use the term voluntary inside of their language, but it's not voluntary. If I was drafted into the military, but I had a choice of going into the infantry or the armored cavalry, would I? Would it then be voluntary simply because no. I get to choose for one or the other? That's not voluntary, and what they're proposing isn't voluntary either. So we've picked the biggest organization. They've got a certain you know, hierarchy. Some companies will come in at a bigger level than other companies, so they'll be mentioned bigger, right. basically. Uh, so Target was one of the big guys, right? And uh, Home Depot's in there, too, but Target was bigger. So we're going to go after Target first, and we're going to find out exactly if they understand what it is that they're supporting. And if they understand it, are they willing to uh, redact their statements in favor of it in order to prevent a boycott from happening, because that's what I think the next step should be. If they don't uh, back away from this support of national slavery, then I don't want to shop with them anymore. And that's what we've been talking about this week. Turns out, Mark, that there was a post on Facebook. Somebody uh, posted a link because there's some discussion on our BBS over at bbs.freetalklive.com. They posted a link to a Facebook thread by an employee of Target. And I was reading through this, and the guy was really upset with what was going on with Target, and I thought, wow, this guy's got a lot of passion. Like, he's really into this, and he was talking about maybe even quitting his job and, you know, filming some videos about this and trying to get it out there into the media that a Target employee is willing to quit over their support of this national slavery program. And I thought, man, this guy's great. We've got to get him on the show. So I sent him an email. Turns out he's already a devoted listener to Free Talk Live. Well, I go figure. I should have been able to guess by the way he was talking, right? I mean, he sounded like he was a, a listener to the show, and his name is uh, Jeremiah. 
or Jermaine, excuse me, it's Jermaine, actually, and I'm on his blog right now. It's jermainejustice.baywords.com, and he's got a little blog post up here called, I work at Target, and I dislike their support of national service. A few days ago, I heard some shocking news of how the company I currently work for, Target, is involved in sponsoring the Service Nation organization. At a glance, Service Nation seems like a wonderful place for volunteers to get more active in bureaucrat positions. I have no idea why anyone would want to become a bureaucrat. Wouldn't that mean more money from tax victims needed to pay them? But whatever, right? I can see why some people wouldn't see a problem with that. Help people in need? Actually, it gets worse. After doing some research, I found that Service Nation actually supports the National Service Act. Do a little web search for these organizations, read some of their own website's words, and find something repulsive to anyone who likes freedom and liberty. The National Service Act would include a mandatory recruiting system for American citizens between the ages of 18 and 42. Did you get that? The Americans for National Service Act is in favor of bringing back a draft that is to encourage more members of the military as well as many other government jobs. And we all know how well people perform at their no-competition government jobs. You can see their logic expressed in their Frequently Asked Questions page explaining how they think it's not mandatory since one would get to choose which position they worked at and how they believe American bureaucrats are cheaper than outsourcing jobs. Aside from all this, you have to ask yourself what the difference is between national service and slavery. Now, I really hate even using that word because of the awful things it brings up, but I don't know much of a better word. Let's just use the term United States Constitution uses, involuntary servitude. I think it's somewhat clear. Forcing someone to work, no matter how awesome the work is, is still involuntary servitude. How about letting individuals choose how to run their life and do the, uh, and do good in the world? I have no problem with getting groups of people together to save the world, but don't do it on tax victims' dollar and don't do it in the name of a draft. It messes with people's lives and is just morally repulsive. Competition and personal choice is what the world truly uses to better itself, and I think the guilt, especially in the society, has been growing way too fast. Did I mention some of the grassroots stuff for Service Nation is going to be held in New York on September 11th? Perhaps more people will be on a bigger guilt trip when looking up at the wonderful landscape of New York City being asked to sign a petition to help those in need through the threat of violence. So as a Target team member, which is their brand term for employee, I'm planning in the coming weeks to do a little protest boycott experimentation, possibly followed up with my resignation from the company. Be sure to check out my stories, videos, and information on my website, germanejustice.com. Apparently he has his own YouTube channel as well, and he is planning on talking to us here on the air. He mentions Free Talk Live in his his uh, blog post. In fact, uh, we've scheduled to bring him on the program tomorrow night at the very beginning of our Saturday show, when, of course, we have the most listeners on uh, with Free Talk Live to talk about this with our biggest audience. He says, let it be known that I realize Target may not have fully realized and been aware they were supporting a draft all this time. I can imagine they've been told it's a great way to bring volunteers into the world, and Target's very community-based, and they love that stuff. My objective is to make it clear to the people of Target and its customers that this could be something worse. Call it a draft, call it mandatory national service, call it involuntary servitude. It all sounds rotten to me. Maybe my next topic to talk about will be about how the income tax is just as bad. So this guy sounds like he is willing to get active on this, and he is getting active on this. And I think that we should do whatever we can to uh, to support him. 
you know, I, I, I yeah, I agree. As I far entirely as agree. As far as I'm concerned, he should be the focal point of all this. I mean, as somebody who works for Target, beyond just us, you know, radio loudmouths who just we're just customers there. This guy, I think, is it's a much more persuasive kind of story to I th- follow. I him. think that I think there's a human story to it, and I think that's pretty cool. Um, I've been trying my best at uh, you know, sort of uh, muddling my way through talking to these people. I don't want to threaten. I don't want to say the word boycott to them. I don't want to you know it's so try to find out where they're coming from right and but you know with our litigious society and the way big corporations are and their you know the the way they protect their uh, their their uh, you know uh, public relations image um, inside the community they don't want exactly to talk to me and they're not fast in getting back to me maybe it's the bureaucracy maybe it's the fear mm. but um i had uh, i got they a, did call you back though yeah right? i got a phone call this morning from uh a uh, a gal who and it was relatively early. I must have been in the shower, maybe uh, nine twenty or something like that our time. And I I get up a little late because I work a little late. Um, but uh, it must have been like eight twenty her time. Uh, a gal named Kathy Pennington called me from uh, Target, you know, uh, headquarters or whatever. And uh, you know, she she's she let me know that yes, uh, I I don't need to worry about it. That Service Nation and Target are working together. I know you wanted us to work together, and so in fact we are working. She seemed oh, a little confused. Yeah, as she to didn't what get I your message too accurately then, huh? No, well, it wasn't. You know, my message wasn't real clear. I just said I wanted to talk about the relationship between yeah. and you know that kind of thing. So uh. I called back, and I don't want to ambush Kathy. You know, I don't want I, I don't want Kathy to be flat-footed. So I told her basically that um you know what what my concern was with You told this, her voicemail? Her voicemail. Okay. Um I I left a message on her voicemail. And I told her sort of what my uh, concerns were with uh, Service Nation and the, the summit coming up and uh, the draft uh, you know and and that that kind of thing. So I didn't get a call back. Now, this was early in the morning. She had all she day had all to call, day. All day she to call called me you. Back. Yeah. All right. Well, and I got a number for her if you're interested, give it out. We, we might do that here. We're going to continue this conversation coming up here in hour number three. We'll also name some other names of some of the other big corporations that are behind this and talk to you about what you want. Hour three coming up. This is Free Talk Live. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phone, office product, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supplies, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can bring up anything as we launch here in hour number three of the program. The toll-free number is 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. To your phone calls, we go to Dave listening in Montana to to, uh, KGEZ. Hello, Dave. Dave, going once. Dave in Montana, going twice. All right, maybe we'll try him back later. 1-800-259-9231 is, uh, again, the number. Talking about this pretty scary concept that they are calling national service, we will call it national slavery, because that's what it is. Telling Americans that they have to go and work for some government bureaucracy, the bureaucracy of their choice, 
telling they have to go work for a government bureaucracy, and uh, if they don't go and work for that government bureaucracy for a period of two years, I believe that's the proposal on the table right now, then they could be punished. They could be sent to a jail cell, for instance. That's slavery. Yeah, it's anti-American. It's yeah. wrong. And, uh, you know, I don't care what it is that agency does. I don't care if they, you know, it's, uh, they're helping people. I don't think there are that many government agencies that do that. But uh, it doesn't matter to me what the end game is or what the goal of the National Service is. The problem is the slavery. The problem's the coercion and the threats. That's what I object to. And William Norman Grigg over at LewRockwell.com wrote, uh, wrote something up about this whole national service concept, and we'll share that with you, and then we'll get back to talking about some of the corporations in this company, or this country rather, that are getting behind the idea. Again, this uh, from LewRockwell.com. He points out that service is a pervasive blessing of a free market society, or even a society as cankered with collectivism as ours has become. Each second of each day, countless acts of service are being rendered. They are performed by auto mechanics and attorneys, doctors and dog groomers, musicians and manicurists. Service is given by sales associates in our much maligned retail superstores, by taxi drivers, by convenience store clerks. And those services, uh, or those services are offered in voluntary exchange for money, uh, or at least the government-issued simulacrum of the same name, <laughs> on terms that are mutually beneficial to the buyer and seller. Altruistic service, like, uh, likewise, abounds in the United States. It takes place in families, religious communities, private clubs, and fraternal organizations, and in the form of spontaneous individual acts of conscience. Yeah, how many organizations are put together? And I don't want to diminish um, individual acts, but how many organizations are put together solely for the purpose of helping the community? Countless. <laughs> it's impossible to yeah. uh, determine. To, adv- to an advocate of national service, however... None of these activities are innately worthwhile. They haven't been mandated or certified by the state. Thus, they're missing the magic ingredient that supposedly makes government service morally superior to the private variety. And that is coercion. From that perspective, the janitor who cleans up a shopping mall in exchange for a paycheck is to be disdained as someone seeking his own economic benefit, while an AmeriCorps volunteer who cleans up a public park in exchange for money extorted from taxpayers at gunpoint is to be celebrated as the embodiment of the common good. Yes, they both perform the same exact function, but only the labor of the latter, of the bureaucrat, has been consecrated through the exercise of well, government coercion. Likely, um, that, that's, not, that's not really fair. Um, likely they aren't uh, doing the same thing and doing the same service because the janitor, if he does a poor job, is likely to be out on his ear. This Whereas the AmeriCorps, volunt- uh, AmeriCorps employee... They'll uh, probably get a pat on the back. You did a, the best you could. Right, and, and well, they, they, won't even, they won't even look at it from that standpoint. They'll, you know, they're, they're bureaucrats. Their, their standards aren't as high, and they're, you know, they're, they're not a held to the same standards that uh, the free market is. Contemporary advocates of national service, whether they admit it or not, seek to inst- and and boy are they jumping through some serious verbal hoops to try to cover this up. They do not want to admit that they support forcing people into this. They will try to cover this up. They call it voluntary. They do all kinds of uh, verbal gymnastics in order to uh, to actually avoid admitting this. So mm. it's going to be tough to get Target to uh, to understand this. Because uh, and the other comp- companies that are behind this, because the organization itself claims it's only for voluntary national service. But what they mean when they say that is that you choose which bureaucracy, not choose whether or not to participate. Anyway, 
Uh, he says they, whether they admit it or not, they seek to install coercion, not commerce or contract, as the organizing principle of the economy. They likewise seek to indoctrinate young Americans in the idea that human needs are best met through social regimentation administered by a supervisory elite. And behind the conceit expressed in the common refrain that national service teaches a person to serve something larger than himself looms the murderous assumption that the individual exists to serve the pleasure of the state. All of this explains why modern collectivists, from the Jacobins to the Bolsheviks to their disavowed but unmistakable kindred, the fascists and national socialists, have made compulsory universal service a pillar of their, a central pillar of their totalitarian platforms. The Jacobins fought a civil war against the heroic Vendians in the effort to impose. I don't even know where this is. In the impo- uh, the effort to impose conscription for both military service and forced labor on a recalcitrant population. Decades later, the demand for universal state-mandated labor and the conscription of industrial armies was the eighth plank of the Communist Manifesto. After the founding of the Soviet regime, Vladimir Lenin insisted that each of its subjects consider himself a part of a, a great army of free labor to be used as the Bolshevik oligarchy saw fit. The generation that is now 15 years old must arrange all the tasks of their education in such a way that every day, in every city, the young people shall engage in the practical solution of the problems of common labor, even of the smallest, most simple kind, declared the founding Soviet dictator. A nearly identical ethic of common servitude was championed by the fascist regime uh, regime founded by Benito Mussolini. Fascist theoretician Alfredo Rocco declared, For fascism, society is the end. Individuals, the means, hmm. and its whole life consists in using individuals as instruments for its social ends. In his 1936 book, The Philosophy of Fascism, Mario Palmieri explained that under Mussolini's variant of quasi-socialist collectivism, a true great spiritual life cannot take place unless the state has risen to a position of preeminence in the world of man. The curtailment of liberty thus becomes justified with this need of raising the state to its rightful position. Now, the rightful position that Palmieri alludes to is, of course, master. Not many people realize that nearly two decades before Mussolini's ideological priesthood taught those tenets in Italy, the same gospel of collectivism was being preached in the United States under the reign of the despicable Woodrow Wilson. Mm. In fact, there's a strong case to be made that fascism and national socialism were invented by American collectivists rather than their counterparts in Italy or Germany. Bernard Baruch, uh, yeah, Baruch, chairman of Wilson's War Industries Board and the son of a German who fled that country to avoid conscription, unflinchingly espoused the concept of state ownership of its subjects in an August 7, 1918 newspaper editorial, saying this, Every man's life is at the call of the nation. And so must be every man's property. What a bunch of crap! We are disgusting. Li- no we- wonder the re- uh, they, they believe that the re- you know the red scare was going on. We are living today in a highly organized state of socialism. This was in 1918. Someone in America was admitting that they were living in socialism back then. <laughs> it's gotten worse today. Just so you know, people. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so he says, we're living in a highly organized state of socialism. The state is all. The individual is of importance only as he contributes to the welfare of the state. His property is his only as the state does not need it. He must hold his life and possessions at the call of the state. God, how frightening is that? These are the types of people, the people that say those things, these are the types of people that are your politicians today. These are the types of people that that get into government. 
they believe fully in the omnipotence of the state. Lesser or greater. Yeah. Enforced and involuntary... Oh, wait, excuse me. Uh, Responding to those who condemned conscription as a form of impermissible enforced servitude, which it is, Baruch assumed there is some ineffable quality of government that elevates and purifies officially sanctioned slavery. Here's what he said. Enforced and involuntary service for a private master is and has been clearly and repeatedly defined by our Supreme Court as slavery. But this wasn't true, says Grigg, those drafted into the military or into industrial armies through the Wilson, Wilson regime's work or fight program. He said, a soldier, a soldier deserves the nation or serves the nation directly. There is but one master in the case, and that master is America. He serves to profit no one but the country as a whole. And so, therefore, slavery in that case is A-OK. More about all this in moments. Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything toll-free at 1-800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line for you to bring up what you want. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. 800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We've got lots of stuff, and it's all free. The bulletin board system is included. Go to bbs.freetalklive.com to get interactive with over 275, wait, 375,000 posts. Oh, what's 100,000? Anyway, uh, it's all free. Lots of serious stuff and fun uh, times. You'll find it all over at bbs.freetalklive.com. In fact, since we're talking about this national service nonsense, uh, if you want to get the latest on that situation, go into the, th- the show forum of the BBS and look on the Target Contact Info thread for all the information you need to get in touch with the Target Corporation to find out what their position... First of all, share your thoughts about this concept of national slavery and then find out what Target's uh, response is. Because so far, no one has gotten any clarification from the people at Target, and considering that we're coming into a weekend here, we're probably not going to actually hear anything until sometime next week. Uh, but the information, if we hear anything at all, right? The information uh, to get in touch with them is there on the BBS in the show forum at bbs.freetalklive.com. Let's continue. William uh, Grigg from LouRockwell.com talking about the history of this idea of service, and it all goes back to uh, the early part of the 20th century, at least in recent history. I'm sure it's been going on for much longer than that, but in uh, recent recorded America. In history, there were people in the early part of the 20th century that were coming right out and admitting that America was a socialist country at that time and talking about how the state is preeminent, that uh, in the words of one man, the state is all, the individual is of importance only as he contributes to the welfare of the state. His property is his only as the state does not need it. And what did we uh, talk about earlier with one of our callers uh, calling to tell us about a friend of his who was having the front, you know, half of his front yard stolen for some expansion of a road out in front of his house? Not only was he having it stolen, but the government uh, had the audacity to bill him for Send the him property. Send him for a bill for the portion of the road that they were, uh, were going to build through his property. Right. Well, because remember, his property is only his as the state doesn't need it. So in that particular case, the state decided it not only needed his property, but it also needed his money in order to continue their little construction project. And so this this uh, viewpoint is heavily in, in in effect today more so than it ever has been, and more so because the American people have become accustomed accustomed to this behavior. They become uh, brainwashed so effectively that they believe that this is normal and it's okay. Let's continue the story though. Here a little bit of history of uh, this national slavery. 
So, as someone who lusted to impose an austere uniformity upon irrepressibly individualistic Americans, Mr. Bernard Baruch, the chairman of Wilson's War Industries Board back in the early part of the 20th century, uh, was sorely disappointed when World War I ended so quickly. Here's what he said. Had the war gone on another year, our whole civil population would have gradually emerged in cheap but serviceable uniform. He wrote wistfully in his book, American Industry in the War, published in 1941, as the regime in Washington geared up for a second mass bloodletting. Types of shoes were to be reduced to two or three. The manufacture of pleasure automobiles was to cease. So he wanted you to be a total uh, serf yeah. in this governmental he system. He wanted urban situations where um, you know everybody had to go to work. You know they they lived in close proximity. Uh, they you know there were the, everything was uniform. You know this this sort of lockstep fascist thought yeah. process. Although Baruch and his comrades failed to consummate their desire to transform America into a dull gray collectivist monolith, the war the former war commissar could take some satisfaction in knowing that his work was appreciated abroad. <laughs> Writing of Germany's national National Socialist Regime, Baruch, proudly noted that, quote, German military experts have said, except for a few minor changes, the German economic mobilization system was conscientiously built in imitation of the similar American system. Let me repeat and italicize that omission. Bernard Baruch, the architect of Wilson's wartime collectivist state, was proud that the Nazi regime was using his program of universal conscription as the the blueprint for their own totalitarian order. Nice. A few years before Baruch, the malignant, was put in charge of the American economy, social philosopher and psychologist William James devised a slightly different framework for universal slavery. In a 1910 essay of the same name, James introduced a concept that has since become an exceptionally tiresome rhetorical trope, the moral equivalent of war. As a self-described pacifist, James sought to extract the higher aspects of military sentiment from the bestial side of the war regime. Like many social engineers who write with extended pinky fingers, James found there was something about the regimentation and pageantry of militarism that stirred his loins. He mused that there must be some way to preserve the collectivist advantages of war without all that icky bloodshed. Why not have, in his words, a conscription of the whole youthful male population, though it's not just males nowadays. Now they're proposing everybody. Equality, you know. Yep. Uh, The whole youthful male population to form for a certain number of years a part of the army enlisted against nature, wrote James, using the term to describe both the physical challenges of a country that was still part wilderness and those elements of a youth. And and now it's the people that want to, uh, you know, uh, enlist people for nature. But it's all the same fascism. It doesn't matter what they're doing it's Mm -hmm. still fascism force is force coercion is coercion and it should be opposed more quotes from this uh particular commie or fascist or whatever the hell he is that he is statist i guess to coal and iron mines to freight trains to fishing fleets in december to dishwashing clothes washing and window washing to road building and tunnel making to foundries and stoke holes and to the frames of skyscrapers would our gilded youths be drafted off according to their choice to get Mm -hmm. the childishness knocked out of them and to come back into society with healthier sympathies and soberer ideas. They would have paid their blood tax, such a conscription, with a state of public opinion that would have required it, and the many moral fruits it would bear would preserve in the midst of a pacific civilization in the many virtues which the military party is so afraid of seeing disappear in peace. 
Once again, young men perform all kinds of various service referred to by James as employees or even as business owners. But this won't do. Only conscripted service will accomplish what he, like other status, desired, to teach the youngster to put the state at the center of his life, impressing upon him the idea that he belongs to the state and that anything that he has can be demanded of him by the state at any time. Just as importantly, it would preserve the chief benefit of war by imposing quasi-military regimentation on young Americans during peacetime. Roughly a century later, Times Richard Stengel dumbed down and reheated William James's proposal in A Time to Serve, an essay he published in his little magazine roughly a year ago. And uh, again, they are planning on publishing another issue on the topic here in a bit, uh, in another month or two. Mm. It may seem like a strange moment to make the case for national service. This is Stengel, by the way, from Time. To make the case for national service for young Americans when so many are already doing so much. Young men and women have made their patriotism all too real by volunteering to fight two wars on foreign soil. But we have battlefields in America, too, particularly in education and health care. And the commitment of soldiers abroad has left others yearning to make a parallel commitment here at home. According to Greg, two elements of this paragraph shriek out for a response. First, Stengel identifies education and health care as two areas desperately in need of help. Now, this isn't surprising, given the amount of government involvement in those two fields. Yeah. This illustrates one of the nastiest hidden aspects of the national service concept. Government creates or exacerbates social problems through corrupt intervention. Then, it forces people to work for free on behalf of a government-mandated solution. Secondly, young people face no impediments should they feel a calling to help clean up the government-created messes in education or health care or to offer uncompensated service for any other cause. Stengel's disingenuous language about a national service program being a boon to those who want to make a commitment of that kind is a variant on a familiar theme. The idea that conscription would give youngsters an opportunity to serve. More on the way. Free Talk Live. Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free, but if you think other people deserve to hear this show, consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up anything toll-free at 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features on the site we give away, so enjoy all those, including the Shrine of Female Listeners, the dozens and dozens of ladies who've taken the time to send us their validated photo and prove they listen to the show. You can see what I mean by going to shrine.freetalklive.com and be on the lookout for our three newest Shriners, Cynthia, Dana, and Lauren. Uh, so go and take a look for yourself. And ladies, if you're a listener of the program, you're not yet on the Shrine, you'd like to join up, all the details are there on the Shrine page at shrine.freetalklive.com. Are you remodeling your kitchen or bath? Now you can purchase knobs, poles, and faucets at wholesale prices and support a business that supports Free Talk Live. Innernobs.com. Save 10% on your order if you use the code FTL at your checkout. That's innernobs.com. I-N-T-E-R-K-N-O-B-S.com. Friendly service and wholesale prices for knobs, poles, and more at innernobs.com. 1-800-259-9231 is the number here. Uh, We will go to the phones in a moment, but just to finish up this story, William Grigg, William Norman Grigg at LewRockwell.com, who normally reports on the police state situation, 
is uh, reporting on the national service concept and talking about sort of the history of the concept. In fact, he says that one could make the argument that uh, what we know of as national service today wasn't, in point of fact, invented by the fascists or the socialists in Europe, but invented by fascists and socialists here in America. And he actually uh, you know, puts up some pretty persuasive evidence of that. Uh, talking about sort of the history of this idea that the state owns you and everything that you own is not really yours only unless it's it's only yours if the state decides it doesn't need it. That's kind of the uh, the, the suggestion. I here. don't think I don't think that they think of it in that manner that the state owns you. I think what they think of is that the state is the most important society is most important because it does the most good for the most people. And I'm not saying that those are truths. I'm just saying that that's what they think. Mm-hmm. And therefore, um, it has the most because it has the opportunity to do the most good for the most people. Um, it it has the the most call on a human. Every you know we are collective. We are ants, and you know that's you've got to do your best for society. Right, which of course uh, is nonsense. I mean, right. society doesn't really exist. It's only a collection of individuals. And there's no no good example out there that central planning works. Not one. Nope. But they're going to try to make it work this time here in America because Americans are the best people in the world, and we can do this right. Well. I don't believe that, and uh, hopefully you well, don't either. I think Americans may may very well be the the best people at uh, you know the sort of the free market and uh, the ideas of liberty. We've pushed them farther. Well, I don't know. Most Americans haven't done any pushing of the ideas of liberty. That's for sure. Well, look at the rest of the nations. Secondly, he says, young people face no impediments. Should they feel a calling to help the government-created messes in education or health care to offer uncompensated service for any other cause? Stengel, who's the publisher, by the way, or the editor of Time magazine, Stengel's disingenuous language in his article, A Time to Serve, about a national service program being a boon to those who want to make a commitment of that kind, is variant on a familiar theme. The idea that conscription would give youngsters an opportunity to serve as if such opportunities didn't exist. Young people face no shortage of opportunities to enlist in the military or in any of the other numerous government-created service organizations. Right. What what he's talking about um, is is true. The fact is there are all kinds of services out there that are offered by the free market. The only difference between government service and the rest of these services that that people provide is, well, the state. That sort of uh, deifies the state and gives it more power. The real intent, says Greg, is to reduce their opportunities by forcing them to serve. Because in the real world, in the free voluntary world, you can choose which organizations you want to go and work for. If you want to go work for the Salvation Army, go work for them. If you want to go and work for uh, some you know, local food bank, go work for them. Whatever it is that's most interesting to you is what you can do. But under the National Service Program, there will only be a handful of government bureaucracies that you will be able to choose to serve in. So he's absolutely right that National Service actually reduces the choices available. I don't want to work for any government bureaucracy, period. Stengel, who is a co-chairman of the elitist pro-servitude lobby Service Nation, proposes that Americans between the ages of 18 and 25, now, the legislation that they're supporting is 18 and 42, just so you know. Uh, by, by the way, um, we, before we go on on this, yeah. I, you know, you said that it was going to be fair between males and uh, females, uh, because, you know, now we have a more equal society. Yes, everyone will be victimized, correct? Well, I bet you that uh, women who uh, have children will get some kind of deferment, and what this will do is drive up out-of-wedlock children that we all have to pay for. The deferment, from, uh, from what I understand, is maxed out at age 20. So there may be deferments, but you can't defer beyond a certain number of years, apparently. 
Anyway, so uh, you're saying my wife, who's uh, still within the, uh, the the age bracket that we're talking about, there would um, just because her child's four months old, that she would have to go. They haven't ironed out all the details right, yet, Mark. Don't. I don't know. Maybe they'll put them in some sort of government babysitting service. No, they won't. So, <laughs> yeah, you won't allow it, <laughs> uh, and, and as you shouldn't. So the again they uh, his this is the proposal of the guy that writes or that edits Time Magazine, Rich Stengel. He says that uh, they should be required to spend at least one year in national or military service. Now, this wouldn't be mandatory, he insists, because in his scheme, it would be the taxpayers who are coerced. Every time an American baby is born, says Stengel, the federal government would invest $5,000 in that child's name in a 529-type fund, which is a college savings account. At a rate of return of 7%, the historic return for equities, that money would be roughly totaled $19,000 by the time that baby reaches age 19. The money would then be released after the youngster has paid the blood tax of national service. Stengel's proposal is just one version of what's become the semi-official template for a new conscription program. Various proposals are circulating in which a year or more of national or military service would be required of young Americans as a condition of college admission or financial aid for college. Representative Charles Rangel from New York, who sponsored legislation to reinstate the military draft based on that concept, has pointed out that although young people could request domestic assignments of various kinds, the final decision as to where the subjects would serve would be made by their masters. He says this. This is Rangel here. It would seem to me that you bring everybody in and then you determine what you can do with them. What contribution can they make? We can train people to do these non-military jobs. They can go overseas. They can stay here. They could be the eyes and ears. Those who volunteer for military service today... Be a spy for the government um, on your own neighbors? Is that what they're suggesting? Uh, eyes and ears? Stay here, be the eyes and ears? Right. They're talking about the, uh, the proposals that are on the table here um, are proposing that Homeland Security be one of the major areas where these volunteers, so-called, would go. Conscripts would go. Those who volunteer for military service today have no control over how or where they serve. As we've heard from our callers who've said that they'll tell you one thing up front and then they'll change it on you when you get through the door. And they find that government reserves the power to redefine its service contract at a whim. Why should we believe that a universal mandatory service program would operate any differently? This September 11th, the, the, the 12th, government couldn't handle that kind of uh, bookkeeping. They couldn't manage to get everybody into a uh, career that they they, they wanted, requested. Yeah. They, they 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 wouldn't even be able to do that. So to to think that they would even try is is, is ludicrous. I mean, they they may make some kind of effort, but. It'll just be surface. Yeah. If they need somebody in a particular area and somebody requested that area, perhaps they would end up in that area. But that's about it. This September 11th through 12th, Service Nation will hold a two-day summit in New York City to inaugurate a year-long campaign to enact a mandatory universal service program. Organizers anticipate the involvement of both John McCain and Barack Obama, who represent complementary halves of the, mand- of the mandatory service concept. The notoriously bellicose McCain lusts for the manpower necessary to carry out various wars and foreign occupations that would last for generations. Barack the Blessed has proposed the creation of a civilian national security force that would be just as powerful, just as strong as the military. And like all advocates of government-administered service, Obama believes that volunteering works best when it's mandatory (laughs) under the penalty of law. His wife, Michelle, who once ordered people in an economically depressed Ohio community to eschew lucrative corporate employment and instead serve as instruments of the state, has predicted that as ruler, Obama will... Demand that you shed your cynicism, that you come out of your isolation, that you move out of your comfort zones, that you push yourselves to be better, and that you engage. Barack will never allow you to go back to your lives as usual. 
that guy, that sounds pretty scary, doesn't it? it? It you know, I can see how it would be motivational, but at the same time it's sinister as hell. Yeah. Barak will never allow you to go back to your lives as <laughs> usual. <laughs> you know, I'm sure it wasn't done in these uh, in that tone, mm-hmm. but <laughs> Who the hell is Barack to tell me where I push my boundaries? He's the decider, Go to hell, buddy. you big-eared fool. He's the decider, and we must obey. Else, we go to the pokey. 800-259-9231, though I don't think our friends are going to obey this one. It's Free Talk Live. More coming up. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything in these remaining moments. The toll-free number is 800-259-9231. SACL CAI toll-free line. Ian here with you. And Mark. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features are free, so enjoy them all on us. And if you like the show and want to help support Free Talk Live, become an amplifier. It's totally voluntary. You can go to amp.freetalklive.com to get signed up for 3 bucks a month. And we take that money in and reinvest it into the show, getting on more radio stations around the country and even around the world. Uh, get all the details. And, of course, we bring more Internet listeners to the program and, therefore, introduce more people to the ideas of freedom and liberty. And there's no better time than now for somebody to be out there doing that in a major way across the country because we are being bombarded uh, with terrible, awful, pro-state, pro-government slavery ideas like this national service concept, which we'll continue discussing here in moments. Check out freedom-engineering.com. It's a anarcho-capitalist adventure series featuring Tad Galahad, and uh, he apparently goes all over the place. Uh, in the most recent one, he goes to hell, finds nanobots, killbots, sex bots, and um, supermodel clones, immortality, and a rocket ride off this pale blue dot that's freedom-engineering.com. Just a few more thoughts here from William Grigg at lourockwell.com about this idea of national slavery or national service, as the politicians will call it. He says, whether it takes the form of a military draft or the creation of huge armies of state-supervised free labor, national service is designed to make the state the central focus in the life of every individual. It's a perverse political sacrament intended to compel subjects to seek first the good of the state and its supposed righteousness. Rather than catechizing them in collectivism, young people desperately need to be taught that the only genuine public service is that which takes place through commerce and contract, rather than coercion. They should be helped to understand that a youngster who flips hamburgers or mows lawns in exchange for a private paycheck is performing a socially useful service immeasurably superior to the purported service performed by tax-subsidized drones. They should be instructed to despise the state and oppose all of its works and pomps, its fraudulent currency, its fictional reserve banking system, its wars, both domestic and foreign. They should, they should be raised to see the state for what it is, the grand impediment to all genuine social progress and the greatest source of needless death and misery in human history. To put it in a single phrase, young people must be taught to shun the state as their mortal enemy rather than to embrace it, rather than to embrace it as their redeemer. 1-800-259-9231 is the number. We go to your calls. Talk to Dave in Montana listening to KGEZ. Hello, Dave. Hey, how you doing? Hey, uh, it's funny how they're going to use the lie of September 11th to develop a new army of brown shirts. Yep, well, you want to get people's uh, emotions all wound up and swelling. Hey, and Target doesn't surprise me to support it because they'll probably be the government contractor that gets to be the supplier of the new civil service. You know what I mean? The new what? Civil service. The new civil service will be supplied by Target. You know, they'll be the the government contractor. Oh, you mean they'll, like, supply the shirts or whatever? Yeah, right, and all their tools. 
tools and all their <laughs> uh, stuff they need. You know, Who it's knows? probably all all the other corporations that back it probably are going to supply all the other things. Sure. No, it's know? very fascist. In fact, since now you mentioned... Check this out. Yeah, go ahead. The civilized slavery of our economic system is the root of this slavery because this slavery will support the economic slavery we're held in. And, and it's all... On debt. Yeah, you know, I, I think you're, I think you're right that the Federal Reserve System makes uh, so much that the government right. does and if possible. You investigate. I bet your target is affiliated with the government if you dig deep enough because it's a conglomerate problem. Well, every corporation is affiliated with the government because they've gone to the government to ask permission to be a corporation and instead of just a regular so, but this business. This is good medicine. This is like bitter medicine. I I hope it happens because so we so people need can resist. Upside the head to get the people into the streets. What happened mm. with the Vietnam thing? And they, they attacked the draft right away. They burned the cards. Mm-hmm. They, they went out into the streets. Unless they want to get their head shaved and wear a nice little blue shirt with a Target sign on it, <laughs> you know, hey. You you know, know, but I, I'm I'm saying it's good medicine. I, yeah, I, 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 I sort of agree with we you, David. Need it, we need it desperately. Because we need a slap upside the head. To people get the will people get it. Hopefully, people will get street. a clue as a result of this. I think it's a yeah. good point. Dave, held for the call. by the civilized slavery. Thank you, Dave. I agree um, with him that, uh, in fact, that this would be really good for freedom. I just won't uh, support anything that's anti-freedom. I just won't do it. Um, I think that. Uh, yeah. It's coming down the pipe, and if things continue the way that they are, we're going to have some kind of, uh, you know, national service. I, I just don't think there's any way we can avoid it, and. But I'm not going to support it ever. Right, and we're going to do everything we can to bring as much attention to this issue as possible because you can't just sit back and let it right. happen. Uh, it's probably going to happen anyway because, as they pointed out, you know, both John McCain and Barack Obama support this. So, I mean, it's a bipartisan issue. All the people in D.C., they would love the idea of free or very reduced rate labor. They're still deciding on exactly how all the details will be worked out. Will they just give you free room and board, or will there be some sort of uh, minimal amount of pay that comes along with this? I mean, it could be anything. I mean, it really could be that they just have the these national slave houses that people go and live in for two years. I don't think that's going to happen. I mean, the military, it doesn't, uh, you know, are people going to choose the, wouldn't people just automatically choose the military where they did get a paycheck then? It's a good point. I think you're right. They they can print the money up, so there's no reason why they wouldn't want to make it look like, hey, we're paying you. It's not really slavery. Uh, but it is. And uh, so we are going to find out here over time what in the hell Target has to say for itself here. But there are other companies. We're only starting with Target to see where they're going to um, come from on this. According to the Service Nations, uh, I think it's, wait, this is nationalservice.org's website. Corporate sponsors of the event coming up in on September 11th are include Coca-Cola, Delta Airlines, Target, Home Depot, UPS, Kaiser Permanente, Disney, uh, KPMG, I presume that's a radio station, Washington Mutual, IBM, and Macy's. But it's in New York City, KPMG. That doesn't make any sense that a, uh, a, yeah, a station not. with the call letters of K would be in New York City. Good point. Um, good that point. those are for only for uh, west of the Mississippi. That's true. Well, anyway, 800-259-9231 is the number. We continue with Doug in Minnesota. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Doug. Hey, gentlemen. Hey. I am calling from the headquarters of Target, Minneapolis. Oh, all right. You're not no, actually I mean, at no, the headquarters. No, not at the headquarters. Okay. I live five minutes away from the headquarters of Target. Well, great. Well, then in that case, if they won't return our phone calls, we'll just have you go down there and knock on the door. Excellent. I'll do it. 
Mm-hmm. Hey, calling about something else, though. A yeah. co-worker of mine uh, calls me and says, hey, I'm at this new bar. Uh, oh, great, have fun. Next day, he doesn't show up. Uh-oh. Next day, he doesn't show up. We're all freaking out. I'm doing his work. We don't know what happened to him. We went to a website and found out that he was taken to jail, and no one knows why. I'm thinking DWI or something, DUI, something terrible like that. He calls me today and says, I walked out of the bar, and all of a sudden lights were shown on my face in the parking garage in Minneapolis. They asked me where I was going, what I was doing. It was a sting. They're a fishing expedition. He happens to have on him um, a gun. Oh, geez. A licensed carrier in Florida. And Florida is one of the states that has a reciprocal agreement. So mm-hmm. he brought his license and, and gun up to Minnesota a year ago. So he figured he'd be legal. But then That's again, right. uh, going into bars with guns isn't always something that the government people like. No, but that doesn't matter. He was out in the public street, which is fine. Okay. However... Minnesota and Florida's reciprocal agreement dissolved recently. Really? You're kidding. And so he didn't know that. How would he? Right. So he spends a weekend in jail, misses two days of work, maybe getting fired. Wow. And he, he was allowed a 30-second phone call to, to call someone. So he called his sister, and, you know, and we had no idea. He just got out, and he had a $2,000 bail, and it was just like fishing expedition. How awful. Just Wasn't more evidence. Which is just this is just. What more did they arrest? That, arrest and um, oh, they Terry. They just uh, Terry patted him because they're allowed to do that, and then they, they find a weapon. And, well, he actually admitted. You know, they shine the lights on his face, and he puts his hands up, and Oops. you know, and started asking him questions, and he says, "Well, I've got a gun on me." Ah, uh, he figured he'd be okay. Oh, oh, I see what happened. He you, thought his gang in Florida was acting to protect him. He figured that you know, government to serve and protect, uh, protect liberty and all that. He figured his gang that he'd paid off with his little gun permit was going to be keeping him safe while he was in another uh, another state. But it turns out that oh wait, the government people don't have an obligation to protect you. They, they have can no change obligation. the rules anytime they want, yep. and they don't have to tell you about nope, it. They sure don't. What a sure. sad story. And he figured he was being honest and decent and trying yep. to cooperate. Well, they gave him. That's what happens when you're honest with the cops, man. They find something to arrest you for. That's the, right. It's just, just so want to sad. Just that to you. And I'll go to Target, knock on their door, I'll let you know what happens, okay? Thanks, dude. I appreciate that. Thank you for the call tonight. Uh, real quick, uh, Frank in New York. Frank, you got about 20 seconds. Go. Uh, good evening, gentlemen. Good. Uh, yeah, I just wanted to say that uh, I agree with you about the involuntary servitude. And if Excellent. I remember from my constitutional law class many years ago, that's illegal under the Constitution. No, but it'll be legal now because the government's decided to go ahead and do it. Yeah, so I think really there should be a constitutional challenge to that. And I think the real reason is the fact that the government revenue rates with income tax, with all the jobs lost, Mm. Uh, it's going to be so low that the government's looking for free employees. That's basically what they're going to do. Frank, we're out of time. Thanks for the call tonight. It's been Ian here with you. And Mark. Back tomorrow for the live Saturday edition, and we'll see you then online in the meantime at freetalklive.com. You ever have one of those days where everything goes right? First, I get the best parking space at work. Tonight, I have a date with a very lovely Rachel. And today, I gave a killer presentation in Sydney, finalized a contract in London, and demoed our new product in Boston. Online, from my desk, with WebEx. WebEx lets me take meetings and give presentations from my desk. I just talk to clients on the phone, and they watch what's happening on my desktop from their desktop. So I can travel the world and still be here for my date tonight with Rachel. Travel less, meet online. 
Go to WebEx.com and try WebEx free. Just click the radio graphic and enter promo code 600 to get a free trial and a free webcam, too. Remember that code, 600, to qualify for the free webcam. WebEx, now part of Cisco and used by more than 5.5 million people every month. Give it a try, free. Go to WebEx.com and enter the promo code 600. W-E-B-E-X.com. Free webcams available while supplies last. Terms and restrictions apply. See website for details.